0: Name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. One God, Amen. Susanisti. Christ is risen. So we have one more week that we can greet each other in that way. And as as we enter into this next upcoming week, we look back at this past week. And we see that this was a very special week this past week. Because last week we celebrated three feasts in one week. Three feasts in one week. And that doesn't happen very often. The first feast that we've been celebrating, and of course we celebrated all last week and we've been celebrating for now 43 days or so, is the Feast of the Resurrection. And the Feast of the Resurrection, as we all know, is not just to be celebrated one day. And sometimes we feel that. We, you know, we celebrate the feast liturgy and we go home and we celebrate with our family, and the next day we celebrate, and you know, we might go to the park, and then and, and all of these things that we do to celebrate the feast of the resurrection. But the church is teaching us through the liturgical rites, through the, the, the processions, through uh the the, 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 the joyful tunes, even the way we eat in that. We celebrate for 50 days. So this past week, we're celebrating the Feast of the Resurrection, as we all know. But also, on Wednesday, we celebrated another feast. And this is a feast that is near and dear to our hearts, which is the Holy Family entering into Egypt, right? The Holy Family entering into Egypt. And so this was also... A, a, a big feast. If you, if anybody saw the the celebrations in in Egypt, they they visit the places where the Holy Family go, and they pray liturgies there. and And this is a minor feast in our in our church, and so we are celebrating it. And also the feast of Ascension, which you noticed today in the hymns and we, with the procession we had, we were holding. The icon of the ascension, because after 40 days after the resurrection of our Lord, he ascended into the heavens. So, now what is the significance to us of all these feasts? Because again, many times we look at the church calendar, we do the church readings, but we get caught up with the historical aspect that we commemorate. It's funny enough, this week also. Monday was Memorial Day. And Memorial Day is a day that the country has set to remember those who served in our country, the veterans, and we remember them. But that's different than the celebration of the feasts in our church. We don't remember the resurrection. We don't remember the ascension. We don't remember Christ and the Holy Family entering into Egypt. We don't remember that we live it, we we enter into life in it. We don't just remember the resurrection, no, we live the resurrection every single day. And so that's the difference between a memorial and a celebration, a participation in, in the feast. And each of them have significance in our life. When we say Christ is risen, the response is always, truly he is risen. But there's a part that we don't usually say. We say it in the hymns, we say it, we say it in the fraction, and you'll hear it. But the completion of that verse, it's Christ is risen from the dead, right? Trampling down death by death, and in those in the tombs bestowing life. So, it's this idea of what did he do during this, in his resurrection is that he trampled death by death. There is no more death. Christ removed death, he destroyed death. How? By death. He trampled death by death. But this next part is very important. But for those in the tombs, he bestowed life. Us, those who feel dead sometimes, those who are struggling, those who feel like there's no hope. He gave us life. He gave us life. He bestowed life onto us. And then Christ entering Egypt, what's the significance? Again, we could celebrate this and, 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 you know, think about all the verses about Egypt being blessed. Of course, very true. But the significance isn't just because we have ancestors in Egypt or family in Egypt, that's not the the significance of this. The significance is what happened when the Holy Family entered Egypt? What was Egypt back then to these people? What did Egypt signify? What did Egypt represent? Egypt represented bondage, pain, suffering, sin, struggle. Anytime you read Egypt in the the Bible, in the Old Testament, it's something negative. Sorry to to, to break it. It's always something negative. But what Christ did, he transformed it. Now it became a place of holiness, a place of prayer, a place of worship. Why? Because Christ entered it. And what happened when Christ entered? Tradition has it, and even in the, in the hymns we say, that wherever the Holy Family went, the idols collapsed. The idol, because people were idol worshippers there, so they built statues and idols and were worshiping them, the pagans, and the, they collapsed. Everywhere the Holy Family went, they collapsed. And this is the power of Christ, to teach us that Christ, when, he, when we allow him, to enter into darkness, to enter into our bondage, our pain, what happens? Something has to change in our life. We have to, the, the idols will break in our life. The things that we've put above God, the money, the, 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 the vainglory, our friends, our what, whatever, our entertainment, everything that we put above God, will fall if we truly allow God to enter into us. And lastly, we see the ascension in that, not just as a, as a, a way, notice for the ascension here, were the disciples and apostles and the people sad? No, it was, it was different than him leaving towards the cross. This time, he spent with them 40 days explaining to them heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And what happened after that? When When they started learning this, when they started understanding this and understood the importance of the ascension, not only in the life of Christ, but specifically for us in Christ, that now our nature for the first time entered into heaven. It's as if Christ gave us a window into what our potential could be. That now humanity, our nature, our flesh, entered into heaven for the first time. And it's as if the church is teaching us this is what we should be looking towards. Looking towards our own ascension into the heavens. And so, this leads us to this Sunday. This is an, always an interesting Sunday because it's the Sunday between Ascension and Pentecost. But it's, if you look at the readings, and, and it's a very interesting uh, day in the church. And we see two, we see, we see obviously the, the Pauline, the Catholic, the Parcise, and the Psalm and the Gospel. But there's a word that's used in both the proxies and in the gospel that is very different. It's the same word, but completely different meaning. Even the Greek is different. So in the proxies, you hear about a story. It's a very interesting, funny story. It's a story about St. Paul preaching. This is in Acts chapter 20. So St. Paul went to different places as we know and he, he was preaching. And in this, as he's preaching, there was a young man named Eutychus. And this man, who is a saint in our church, we have him in the synexar and he was listening to St. Paul preach. And this is not just any person preaching, this is St. Paul. And he's listening. And what happens? He falls asleep, which I feel sometimes happens here as well. But in this case, it was much more dangerous because he was sleeping on the third story next to a window. The room is packed. He's trying to get any room he can get. He sits by a window, and he's listening to St. Paul. And it's not that St. Paul's words were boring, as we could see, but something happens, and the word that the, the, the St. Luke writes is he's overcome by sleep. Overcome by sleep and what happens he falls out the window three stories lands on the floor and passes away and saint paul comes and uh, brings him back to life and i could just imagine him bringing him back and saying okay now listen to the rest of the the listen to the rest of the sermon don't fall asleep next time and this idea that he's he's Overcome by sleep, the word here is to be overpowered. We all feel that sometimes when when you can't open your eyes. Like you're overpowered by sleep. And this is sometimes what happens to us. We allow sin to have power over us, to overpower us. It's very sad sometimes when people want to stop a certain sin they really truly want to stop they truly want to stop but they can't they say abuna i can we can't i don't know how to i want to but i can't i can't stop this sin and this is the word that's used and so we look at this we say he's overcome by 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 sleep or in our case the sleep of sin or this this feeling of You have no control. But then we look at how Christ responds to this in today's gospel. And today's gospel is from John chapter 16. And as we know, the last few chapters from middle of 13 to 17, we read on the eve of Good Friday, which is his last kind of, talk to them before He goes to the cross. And He's speaking, and He's telling them about everything. And, he's, and in, in today's gospel, He says, I'm speaking to you as plainly as possible. I'm telling you, I am going to go and I and, will and return, and you will receive the Holy Spirit, and this is what the Holy Spirit will do for you, and He will do this, and He will do this, and he, He's giving them all the information. And then He ends, this. Uh, the, the chapter ends, and the gospel today ends with one of the most powerful verses and he says these things i have spoken to you that in in me you may have peace i'm telling you this so you that so that you may have peace okay he had just told them that there's going to be struggles and and this and that like he he told them but he said i'm telling you this because so that you have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. When Christ says in the world you you will have tribulation, this is not a maybe you will have tribulation. He's not saying you might have struggle in the world. You will have tribulation. You will. In the world, you will have tribulation. This is a very direct statement. Many people say, How come I'm working on my relationship with God? I'm praying, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I am doing everything, I'm I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to. How come I'm struggling? How come there's tribulation? Our Lord told us. As long as we're in this world, there will be tribulation. There will be struggle, there will be problems, there will be issues, there will be, there will be problems in every aspect of our life. Absolutely, it's guaranteed. Thankfully, the gospel doesn't end that way. Because if he just said, in this world you will have tribulation, and then we finish the gospel and glory be to God forever, amen, it would feel very sad. But he continues but be of good cheer. God, you just told us we were gonna have many tribulations. You told us as long as we're in this world, we're gonna have tribulations. Then you're gonna follow that up with be of good cheer? How can I be happy if you're telling me I'm going to struggle, I'm going to have problems. I'm going to have problems with my friendships, I'm going to have problems in school, I'm gonna have problems with certain sins, I'm gonna have problems in my relationship, I'm gonna have problems, I'm gonna have problems in everything? And you're telling me, be happy, smile, be of good cheer? This is why he says, be of good cheer. He says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. Christ himself is saying, The world has tribulations, but be be of peace, be of good cheer. I have overcome. Now the question is, okay, God, you are God and you've overcome. What about me? Why am I going to have good cheer? Like, how does this relate? How can he tell me to be of good cheer if he has overcome? it? My response can say, God, of course you overcame it. But this isn't about only our Lord's defeat of sin and destruction and problems and all the issues in the world. It's to remind us and to teach us that in him, in Christ, we can overcome the world. This is what this gospel is about. This is the most powerful gospel. Remember, I, I told you there's two types of words The overcome has two different meanings. In this, it's a different Greek word. And the word comes from, it, I, I can't pronounce it, I tried to pronounce it, I can't, so I'm not going to. But it's the same root word that Nike uses. The word, the name Nike, the brand, the, the, what does the word Nike mean? Nike comes from this word. This Greek word, to overcome, or victory, and that's why even the the root, it's like Nikio or something. And this word, this word, if you, that's why even the word Nicholas, the name Nicholas or Nick or Nicole means victory. Victory. So when we look at this and we see. What is Christ talking about? He says, no, in me, you will have victory over these issues. Now the issue is we go in and we say, no, thank you. You handle your stuff, I'll handle mine. God, you don't know how to handle my problems. No one in the world has ever had problems like I have. This is the mentality we go in. We say, this sin, this struggle, I'm waiting to get into this school, I'm, I'm trying to, to get into a relationship, trying to get married, I'm trying to buy a house, I'm trying to buy a car, I'm trying to get a job, I'm trying, I'm, all these struggles. And we say, God, you don't understand. This is my struggle. But he's saying, be of good cheer, I have overcome and in me, you will overcome. You will overcome, you will have victory over these these struggles or these concerns or these issues, whatever whatever you want to put in that part. And so today, we remember the victory, not just again as a memorial, we remember the victory that we have, the power that we were given in Christ to overcome anything. Now overcoming doesn't mean with a snap of a finger, No war ends in one minute. Wars continue. But we know that we have the best commander. We have the person not only that will fight with us, but he has already won this war. Now we're just in him. We're working with him. We're connected to him. So I pray as we continue these next seven days or so of the Holy 50 that we remember that we, we really live into, think about all the struggles you have. And, and tell each struggle that you have, even write them down. Any issue that you have, any concern, any problem, any worry, write them down. And tell each of them that Christ has overcome them and that in Christ you can overcome it and that you will have victory over all of this and glory be to God forever. Amen.